Good y'all. I am Josh So Focused. I'm French the Bro host, and we would like to welcome you to the next take podcast. The next, 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 the next take podcast. This is episode 51. And this is a weekly podcast where we cover the most intriguing mixed news of the week. If you want to find us on our socials, you could check us out first on Twitter at the next take. Then go to YouTube. And check us out at Nick's Take Videos. If you rather follow on Instagram, you'll be able to find us there at the Nick's Take. Last, you could check us out on Facebook at Nick's Take Media. Happy Fourth of July! Happy Fourth of July, everybody! Happy Fourth of mm-hmm. July, French, which, which happens to be the day that we are recording. You know, one day later than we originally intended, but. For everybody who's off of work and some of y'all that are actually at work, happy 4th. Hope you guys enjoy your day. French, how's your week been? Just been pretty locked in on free agency for the most part. I haven't really gotten into much. Just been going to work, staying on Twitter, responding to a bunch of trolls. You've probably been seeing me. I have called up a couple people, D-Rodders, but that's just... See, you know, you got to just stick up for the Knicks after a while. We just, we take too much slander on this social media platform. So I had to stand up for, 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 for the Knicks, the Knicks fans. So outside of that, I ain't really do much. I, I, I have been uh, trying to learn some new things to keep my mind, you know, preoccupied outside of basketball and Knicks world. And I've been trying to learn some stuff about designing and video game development. I've been downloading some stuff on my laptop. Might as well make some use of it. So uh, I've been trying to learn on that. How's your week been? What you been doing? I mean, pretty much the same as you. I've been working. And even while at work, I've been trying to stay you know, in tune with what's going on with free agency. see what's going on with the trades. Basically, just trying to make sure I don't miss anything when it comes to the New York Knicks. And, and that's pretty much it. You know, I've not much else I've been doing outside of, you know, watching shows and stuff like that. So even now, like as we are recording currently, I'm still refreshing and still like trying to make sure nothing pops up that we, that we can talk about because even though a lot has happened, there's still, so much that we're waiting on just to kind of have some sense of finality. Cause I, I'm pretty sure that we, this is not all that's going to be happening with free agency. And this is not all that's going to be happening with, uh, with the new New York Knicks in regards to trades in regards to, in regards to the, into regards to, in regards to the roster, this is not all that there is going to be. I highly doubt that the way the roster is today is going to be the roster that shows up when it comes to the beginning of the regular season. Not that it's going to be drastically different, but I I just don't see things just remaining the way that they are. Yeah, but anyway. I see the trademark and being dead until 
we're going to speak on it later, but until a certain trade happens, mm-hmm. I feel like the trade market is pretty much dead. So we're going to get into it later. We might as well just get right into and start off with free agency. So yeah. Yeah. The Knicks started off free agency and before I say what the first free agency move was, we all knew and were expecting for the first move in free agency to be the signing of one Jalen Brunson from the Dallas Mavericks. And he was a free agent. Dallas Mavericks messed up, declining to extend him an offer before his contract ran out. And he became an unrestricted free agent, which means he can sign with any team, assuming that they give him the right money and assuming that he really wants to go there. Any team and everybody was like, the Knicks are going to sign him. We were all, that was the first thing. I was like, all right, I bet you that's the first news that we hear from free agency because (laughs) Knicks have not made it a secret. But instead, to start free agency, as was also rumored and something that I really was thinking was just a lie, the Knicks started off free agency that with signing Isaiah Hartenstein. So, like, as I said, they, you know, they they were rumored and there was news that they were aggressively pursuing him. French, why don't you talk about more about that and what we were th- seeing moving into free agency and talk more about Isaiah Hartenstein as well? Yeah, we knew that the, the Knicks were looking to shore up the backup center position. And we knew that after trading Nerlens Noel that, the Knicks were rumored to have been converting Jericho Sims' contract from two-way to being a full standard NBA contract. And that just made the rumors very tricky to me because it's like, why are we looking for backup if we have Jericho Sims? But if we are going to grab a center out of free agency, I am glad that it was Isaiah Hartenstein because he brings something that's very different than Jericho Sims and Mitchell Robinson's play style. If you're not really familiar with who he is, Hartenstein was a, he was drafted in the 2017 second round to the Houston Rockets. He bounced from team to team, but he's been very consistent and solid. And he's been a, a, a resourceful backup big man in LA. He's been getting more minutes throughout the year. He's shown that he could hit a three. He's not really a stretch five but he's a really good passer and decision maker out of the dribble handoff situations. He's also a big who knocks down shots from behind a three, like I said, but he, until he gets like a higher volume up, that's when you could really call him a stretch five. He hasn't shined a huge volume, but he averaged 46% from three from the season. And this is an area that no other big man on the next roster can even say that they've attempted a three except for Taj Gibson. And we can't really, we, we don't know what's going to happen with Taj Gibson's future so far or moving forward because of the rumors that the Knicks could clear up even more cap space by releasing Taj Gibson and maybe re-signing him to a cheaper deal. But until it happens, we won't know for sure. So signing this, signing this type of player that is a good defender, he's a rim protector, he's not the dominant like paint paint protector like Mitch Robinson is, but 
he definitely is a serviceable, serviceable. I don't know what's going on with my language today. He's serviceable as a big man. And if you have a big man who could bring different things to the offense than a Mitchell Robinson that always mixes it up for the other defense, they always have to adjust to what's going on when a player like Isaiah Hartenstein comes in. And Knicks fans believe that he is good enough to even be a starter over Mitch throughout the season. It wouldn't be a surprise to some to see him become a, a starting big man halfway through the season if Mitchell was probably injured or just not being consistent from the free throw line. He might get pulled early just to give Isaiah Hartenstein some minutes because he's more reliable shooter. And the offense is probably going to open up a whole lot more with him being out there, being able to make plays from the top of the key. And yeah, I'm, it, it's 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 going to be exciting to just see him in lineups with Obi Toppin and Jalen Brunson. That's what I'm really most most looking forward to when I saw that this signing was official. And I think Brunson's going to be able to attack the paint a lot more with Mitch not being in the game. He's going to have more lob targets with Obi Toppin on a fast break. Like it's just going to be a whole lot more options for this team. So. That's that's how I felt about the signing. Will, how'd you feel about it? So before, when when it was just a rumor that we were chasing after him, Isaiah Hartenstein, who is twenty four years old, seven foot center from Oregon, averaging eight points per game, five rebounds per game, and two point four assists per game in eighteen minutes for the Los Angeles Clippers last season. I assumed that. It was obviously not true because think about it, who we have on the roster. We have Mitchell Robinson. We have Jericho Sims. We have Taj Gibson. We don't really need another big man, but since we have signed him, I thought, well, last year we had all three of those guys and we had Nerlens Noel. So maybe they're thinking like, okay, let's just have that additional depth so that we're not searching for it in case guys get hurt down the line like Mitchell Robinson. So after we got him, it was like, okay, I guess that makes sense. And then as you said, he's a different type of big man. And big man as in center, not big man as in power forward like Julius Randle or Obi Toppin, who can also be considered big men. He is different in that he gives, he, he does all of those things these are all things, the dribble handoff, where you pass the ball to somebody, <laughs> you know, and you dribble, you pass the handoff, hand it off to somebody who's coming around the corner or whatever. He's better at that than anybody else. He's very good at, at the picks. He is very good at passing, especially from the perimeter. He's very, he, you know, to the perimeter and from the perimeter. He's very good. He's better at it than Mitchell Robinson. He's better at making the reads than Mitchell Robinson. He He's a good rim protector, right? Per 36 minutes, he is as good as there is anybody at the league. The only reason that you can say that he's not as good as Mitchell Robinson is because Mitchell Robinson has gotten his fouling under control, whereas Hartenstein has not. Hartenstein is, is more so a fouler still than anybody else that's on this Knicks roster as a, as a center. So 
once I learned more about him and learned all of these things and saw the dimensions that he's able to bring and saw that he's still a good rim protector, saw that he could still rebound five rebounds per game in 18 minutes is, is not, is not terrible. Saw that he is able to actually knock down the three when he's wide open. You cannot leave him open behind the three point line. I was like, okay, you know what? I understand. Yeah. He's not a stretch five by any means, but he is still filling in all those gaps in the same way that Taj Gibson kind of does while being 24 years old, while being seven feet, while still, while being a better rim protector or, or at least as good a rim protector as Taj Gibson. I think this was a very good signing. I thought, I think this is a very good pickup for yeah. the Knicks and it may come at, at the expense of a Jericho Sims. We'll see. It's going to be very interesting to see when this season starts, but I'm very in, I'm very intrigued by this signing and very interested to see how he contributes to this team during the regular season. Yeah, swapping him with Nerlens Noel is forty eight minutes of rim protection. Exactly, you're gonna <laughs> have someone who's not you not have you're not gonna have to worry about him catching the ball. You're not gonna nope. have to worry about him turning the ball over because he don't know what to do. He's gonna be able to make plays, be reliable, and still be able to shore up the defense. It's 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 a player that you're gonna he's a player that you're gonna love. What else we got into in free agency right after so, signing? After this signing, after me waiting for at least an hour, maybe even two, I was like, is this not gonna happen? Nick signed Jalen Brunson after a lot of confusion. So Shams and everyone else re reported almost immediately after Hartenstein. I shouldn't say almost immediately. It was a decent amount of time afterward. Everyone reported Nick's signing Brunson to a four-year deal for $104 million. Until Woj, Adrian Wojnowski, which is how I think you say his last name. Did I say that right? Well, Woj, they didn't say 104. They said 110 before that. Well, before it was, it was going to be a hundred and ten million dollar four year deal, right? And Woj said that he was just heading into the meet. Well, no, so, let me let me correct you. Before free agency, they were saying one ten. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Shams reported one oh four after free agency began. Oh, 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 okay, okay, I see what you're saying. And then Woj said Brunson is on his way to a meeting with the Knicks with a contract from Dallas for 106 million dollars so which i was like so did we sign him or not like <laughs> like everybody was like yeah it's a done deal nick's got the nick nick's got brunson he's coming for 104 million dollars we just need to figure out and then Woj comes out the woodwork like yeah no he ain't signed yet he's 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 coming with an offer and then eventually it was announced, even from Woj, that Brunson would indeed be signing for four years, $104 million. And the going rumor is that because Woj is represented by CAA, the company that Leon Rose formerly headed up before he became president of the and general manager of the New York Knicks, He was uh, trying to do the Knicks a little favor and 
They're like, yeah, we don't want the, we don't want these tampering charges. We don't want these charges that we were try we were trying to sign Jalen Brunson before we were even supposed to be speaking to him for this like free agency period. Well, yes, it's just that this the the Knicks kind of were more out in the open about it than everybody else. So. Yeah, the Woes just kind of like, yeah, no, let's put this out there. Somebody said, Woes is putting this out there so the Knicks don't get a tampering charge. If that is the case, it did not go over very realistically. Let me also just say that there were some other news articles that the Knicks and, and Dallas Mavericks and the Miami Heat were going to meet up with, with, with Jalen Brunson on the first day of free agency so that he could make a decision. And within 24 hours before free agency started, both Dallas and Miami Heat were like, yeah, no, Jalen Brunson is going to the Knicks. So it, the Knicks are probably going to get hit with a tampering charge, oh, which uh... they probably will. I would not be surprised if they were if they were hit with a tampering charge. And if they are, hopefully the repercussions are not any more than what anybody else who's violated tampering charges has received, which is a couple second round picks. And that's it. You should so. be ashamed. Your mother is a lawyer. It's not what you know, it's what you can prove. And if he didn't sign on that dotted line until hours after free agency started, you can't prove tampering. Every team, if you, if you want to go and say, oh, he was talking to them, before free, you can say that about literally every single team because at six o'clock on the dot, there was at least fifteen contracts announced. Well, not six, six o'clock on the dot. At least six o'clock on the dot, it was like five contracts announced in that moment. And as the minutes went on, every contract was coming out, and it's like how all these contracts get worked out in the minute of free agency beginning. So it's like if you can't prove. He was tampering. I don't think the Knicks are going to be open and leave a a, a a thing full of evidence showing them tampering and doing all this because they already gave up a bunch of second round picks to trade these players away. I don't know if they want to give a second round pick away for tampering. So props to you for the Alonzo training day reference, sir. But <laughs> <laughs> this is not a movie. The Knicks probably will get hit with some tampering charges when an hour before the free agency starts, there's an article or or a tweet saying, "Yeah, Dallas is not signing. Is not signing Jalen Brunson. He's already let them know he's signing with the Knicks before the hour before." Sorry, sir. The Knicks are probably gonna get hit with some tampering charges, which is fine because we have enough second round picks to handle it. As a reminder, with Jalen Brunson, Jalen Brunson is a 25-year-old, six-foot-one point guard who was one of the most efficient players in the league last season. His combination of skill and strength near the paint allowed him to shoot over 50% from the field over the past two seasons. Last year, Brunson raised his value in the 2022 playoffs, averaging 21.6 points, 3.7 assists. 3.8 rebounds on 50% shooting. And the best the, the best stats that he put up was when Luka Doncic was not even on the court. It was those first few games against the Utah Jazz 
when he was averaging like 30 something points a game and basically took over for that Dallas Maverick team in lieu of their best player. Yep. So. And was giving business to Devin Booker in that second round too. Let's not leave that out. Devin Booker was talking all crazy to Luka and Jalen Brunson, called Jalen Brunson soft, came back and got their ass about the series in seven games, packed him up. Let's not leave that out. Everybody's Let's... talking about, oh, Mike Conley, he cooked him in the first round. Yeah, what about the second round against the best team in the West? Oh, it's crickets. Crickets. Before we move on, I guess maybe we should address some of the negative statements about Jalen Brunson in regards to this contract, the $104 million contract, which all the only information that we have on it is that it is a descending contract, meaning that this season will be the most he gets paid over the next four seasons. Is there, should we, I think we should probably address some of those. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people are saying that we shouldn't have paid him that much. What's the going rate for starting point guards? Do they know? I don't think they do. <laughs> I don't think they do. And he started off free agency as what? The 11th or 12th highest paid point guard. He's already down to 14. And then as his contract gets closer and closer to the end, he probably will be like the 50th, 50th highest paid point guard. Like realistically, I don't see, I don't see what the problem is. I think people are, I think every year we have this where people are just like, Ooh, how, why is he getting paid that much? And then two seasons later, that contract is a bargain. Jalen Brunson's a good guy. Like he, he's a good player. And he's worth the money he's getting paid. It's not like we paying somebody who doesn't have a long, well, not even a long, like, list of skills but he has everything he has, that we need first of all and uh, being a point guard having a long skill set where he can score in the mid-range where we don't have many players who can score in the mid-range he scores in the post as a point guard mm -hmm. he gets to the paint at will he has a long bag of hesitation fakes like he's a solidified point guard with skill there's not many of those in, in the NBA. I'm not saying he's an all-NBA player or all-NBA point guard. He's not an all-star point guard, at least yet. But he's really, really good. What do you pay a really, really good player? And to be fair, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being the 14th best point guard or higher. Because the skills that he already has at six foot one. All he really needs to do is increase his volume from behind the arc, from behind the three-point line. That's all he really needs to do. If he can do that, he's, you, we're talking about one of the best point guards in the league because he already has the court vision. He can score inside. He can score from three. And, and it, the only thing that's really stopping him from being one of those guys is is that, is the pull-up shooting. There's, it. it is increasing the pull-up shooting and pre increasing the catch-up, the catch-and-shoots from behind the arc. 
And he, we're talking about an easy 20-point-per-game scorer at your point guard position. I, I don't see what the complaint is. He's not making 30 mil in any of the years that he, that we're going to be paying him. 30 mil is what you pay a point guard who is one of the best point guards in the league. Easily. You think about all of the top point guards in the league, they're all making 30 mil or 40 mil plus. So a lot of the complaints about the contract, irrelevant. His game, really, really good. His fit, you might have an argument there as far as the fit. Jalen Brunson, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, Isaiah Hartenstein, I believe are all left-handed players. And, you know, that's a lot of lefties. <laughs> and that's three lefties in your, in your starting lineup. Does that matter? Probably not. Does it matter that three of those guys like to operate in the paint? Yeah, that that really does matter. That's a problem. It's a problem that can only be resolved with a Julius Randle trade. But, you know, don't yeah. I I think they're trying, but I don't know if, if it's going to happen. Yeah, I disagree with the lefty part. I I think what we agree on is just the fact that the issue with Brunson's fit could just be as simple as getting Julius Randle out of here mm-hmm. because I feel like Jalen Brunson compliments every other player so well. And yes. Yeah, for sure. Julius Randle doesn't know how to play off the ball and still be a really productive player. I think R.J. Barrett can do that. He hasn't shown an ability to do that consistently, but I think he can get to that point. And Brunson has showed his entire career that that's what he is really good at doing. But he also can be a really good number one option, too. So I just want to say that RJ RJ proved that he can do that in the one winning season that we had under this regime when we made it through the playoffs. He was shooting shooting from behind the three as a catch-and-shoot player primarily and was not really doing any one-on-one stuff. Sorry, go ahead. That is true. So, yeah, it's really just Julius Randle. And if he can learn to just be the player that can set heavy, hard screens and dive toward the rim, he can be a really good player doing that. But is he willing to do that? If he's not, then you got to work toward a trade to get him out of here because we ain't got time to be figuring out fit around Julius Randle when his head his head it's not in the game. He's not worried about the team. He's worried about how he could get his opportunity maximized in New York was best for him mm-hmm. and how he can score the most points and look the best instead of the team. So if he's not about the team and he's not willing to do what he can do best for the team, you got to get him out of here. Brunson, I feel like he's going to do everything that Thibodeau is asking. I have no doubts about how he's going to fit without the, with this team if if Randall's gone. Only questions come in with Randall still being here. That's just my two cents. So the last bit of news for free agency. Mitchell Robinson re-signs for a reported four years. 
60 million dollars. It's hard for me to speak about this because we still don't have any details about it. The only thing that we can only thing that we can do is just be like, that's a lot of money for Mitchell Robinson, especially considering he probably would have not gotten that anywhere else, but we don't know. Maybe he could have. What are your thoughts and feelings about that? I'm I'm sure it was either this contract or watching him be in another jersey. Because they've had all year to negotiate and come to a common ground. So if this is what the common ground is, I'm sure there's a bunch of incentives in that probably will lower the number down if he doesn't hit. But I'm not mad at it. I'm glad to just see him resign because I wasn't ready to just see Mitchell Robinson play for another team. So I agree. Once I agree. Come out, out, I, I, I can have a more thought out opinion. But until then, I'm just happy that he's back. I, I agree that it. Knowing how this front office has operated, it almost has to be loaded with incentives and injury you know, restrictions and all kinds of things like that. Games played. I can't imagine it's fully guaranteed four years, $60 million. And and let me just say four years for Mitchell Robinson guaranteed is a lot. Like, I love Mitch. I would love to see him here for the rest of his career, but has he earned four year a four year contract guaranteed? I don't think he has. So, and this this front office doesn't operate in oh we're gonna give it to him hoping that this is what's gonna happen. Like they may do that with R.J. Barrett, but I highly doubt that they're doing that with Mitch Robinson based on how he has performed, based on his personality, based on his maturity. I don't think that there's enough factual information for them to actually offer him that. So, yeah. I'm waiting to see what the full details of the contract is. Just like I'm waiting to see the Knicks officially announce everything. (laughs) Because I don't think they've officially announced anything, right? They haven't announced that Brunson has been signed, even though Jalen Brunson has already put on Twitter that he's coming to New York. Mm-hmm. Hartenstein has already announced that he's been, he's coming to New York. The signing for Mitchell Robinson hasn't been announced. The trades that will allow for the Knicks to sign Jalen Brunson haven't been announced. The trades sending Nerland's Noel and Alec Burks to Dallas have nothing from New York has been announced, which means that something is probably in the works. Maybe one more thing. I wanted to throw in about Mitch's contract. Sorry, go um, ahead. The, another reason why I don't really have a huge problem with the number is because if you had to guess right now how much he made total since being drafted by the Knicks, how much would you guess that is? $3 million? Does he... You said what? $3 million? Maybe? Good thing is jamming up. Total? Uh, total. Yeah, total. All the years that he's been here. 
Yeah. <laughs> is that right? Uh, he's been it's that's not what far. It's not far. He hasn't made much. So I feel like to compensate him for all the, the stuff that he has done for the years that he's been on the Knicks, even though he ain't really contribute to winning basketball, I feel like being a part of his development and watching him get better year to year, he has made a lot of progress. And I feel like we should reward him for that. He made $6 million total, almost $6.5 million total in his entire time in the NBA. And he's going to double that in his first year next year. So I'm happy for Mitch. I feel like he earned this contract and he definitely deserves it. There is one more or two more things that we'll talk about with free agency. But before we get to that, let's talk about the Summer League. Go ahead, French. Summer League. The, the the team has been announced. It's going to feature Quentin Grimes, Miles McBride. I'm going to just go through the players that we we're most likely going to see. Familiar with? Yeah, the ones that we're familiar with, the ones who are going to most likely be in a rotation. So there's going to be Quentin Grimes, Miles Deuce McBride, Jericho Sims is going to be there, our latest draft pick, Trevor Kills, and a few of the undrafted guys that we signed after the draft, Garrison Brooks and Gene Montero. The rest of the roster is going to be filled up with guys from the West, the Westchester G League team. But yeah, this I'm looking forward to this summer league. I don't care that we don't have no first round representation from this last draft. I want to see the step that Quentin Grimes and Miles McBride are going to make. I know Jericho Sims is going to show some some stuff in the summer league too because he's been solid. He's been improving throughout the year. And Quentin Grimes, I've been watching a lot. A YouTube videos on him. I wish that there was more games that we we could have gotten to see him. We did see like as the year went on, he was showing a lot more comfort comfort out on the court, doing a lot more things that we didn't know he he was capable of. We thought he was just going to be a, a catch and shoot sniper that plays really good defense. No, he could put the ball on the floor too. So I think this summer league where he ain't got to sit behind Emmanuel quickly and Obi Toppin, he him and Deuce McBride are going to show out like. Deuce, like Deuce, he's been showing out in the G League, so I think summer league ain't gonna be nothing for him. He's gonna be punking whatever rookies is coming out this year's this year's class. So I'm really looking forward to it. I'm just when? gonna name no guy. I'm gonna name a couple of guys who are still considered rookies. That some of them may not be rookies because they were in the G League last year, but Amir Sims who we signed last year. He's he's going to be part of the Summer League. Javon Blair, Quentin Rose, and Deshaun Schwartz. These are guys that have not had any... have not had any NBA experience at all. So when they come into the league, they will be considered rookies if they prove to be good enough. Which, not on this team. <laughs> not on this team, but on some team, if they get a chance to play. Good luck. Yeah, good luck. First okay. game will be this Friday, July 8th, against Golden State at 8 o'clock. They'll follow that up on Sunday, July 10th, versus Chicago at 5 p.m. And the only reason I'm bringing it up is because how we move in, we may record before that game. We may record after that game. We're not sure. <laughs> We're not sure. But 
We will talk about one of those games, which is the July 8th game against Golden State. Is there anything you want to say about those games? Are you looking forward to that game, the Golden State game? Are we doing predictions? Oh, whoa. We probably should have talked about that before we uh, started. Now, we're not doing predictions because I'm pretty sure me and you are gonna just going to say Knicks every game. Know. So, <laughs> yeah. We're gonna we're both gonna say the same like. thing. So you know, nah, there's no there's no need for predictions against uh, against those uh, teams. Uh, is Golden State did Golden State draft anybody that we should be thinking about? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They drafted a few players. I don't know off the top of my head, but by the time I finish this sentence, it will have loaded it up on Google already. <laughs> but Golden State definitely drafted some players that I like. I know that you liked a few of the few of the players that they drafted too. Your the first one we'll see is Patrick Baldwin Jr. Yeah, Patrick Baldwin. I think I think Ryan Rollins, Gui Santos. Those were their picks for 2022. I, I, I think Patrick Baldwin is an interesting pickup for them. Patrick Baldwin was probably was probably miscast as a number one option in college. And that's why he fails so far because it's like, oh, hey, you're not a number one option. So we're not, <laughs> we ain't picking you in a lottery because we know that you can't handle that, 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 that stress, even though he was pretty much the only guy that they had on his team. I would be surprised if the Knicks lost against the Golden State Warriors. I'm trying to think of who, who they picked up last year. I'm looking at the roster right now. Jonathan Kaminga. Is probably playing in the yeah Moses Moody. I don't I don't see him on the 2022 roster. Oh, he is there. He is. Yeah, I don't know. This is gonna be a good game. Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga leading off that Golden State Warriors team with Patrick Baldwin Jr. That probably is gonna be pretty good. I would be surprised if the Knicks did not win that game. Yeah. We have the talent to beat that team for sure. And we got a system in place. Dice Yoshimoto. I hope I said your name right. Come on, let's bring let's bring home the summer league championship. We we need Sounds something right. to cheer about. I'm looking at the Chicago Bulls roster. It 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 doesn't really look too promising. I don't see any really notable players outside of Dalen Terry. There's a lot of G League players on this roster. So we should definitely pack them up. McCurr McCurr. He's a 2K legend. 2-0. 2-0. That's my pick. 2-0. All right. Now, let's get into potential future moves from the New York Knicks. First question that I had, will there be any more trades to clear up room for Quentin Grimes, Cam Reddish, and Obi Toppin? The reason I asked that, going by last season alone, not saying that this is what the starting lineup is going to be, Starting lineup is probably going to be Jalen Brunson, Evan Fournier, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson. If There's only three names that I feel like are solidified in that lineup. Four. If. Who are the three names? And I'll tell you the fourth. <laughs> Go ahead. Brunson. Uh-huh. RJ. Mitchell. Uh-huh. Julius Randle. If Derek Rose and Evan Fournier 
because I I think that the Knicks are working on something to get those guys out, but I don't think it's going to happen. If those two names are still on this roster, the bench will be Derrick Rose, Emmanuel Quickly, Quentin Grimes, Obi Toppin, and Isaiah Hartenstein. Any disagreements? I would much rather see Fournier on the bench with Derrick Rose. Me too. And Quentin Grimes in the starting five. Me too. But if that's not what it is, then I see this as the lineup off the bench. Wait, who was the three? Your three? No, who was, who was playing the small forward in your lineup? Small forward in the starting lineup was R.J. Barrett. In the, bench. the backup, it was Quentin Grimes. Yeah. I wouldn't change it. So Cam Reddish isn't going to be in the lineup. If that's well, that's why. So that's that's why the question is: Will there be any more trades to clear up room for Quentin Grimes, Cam, and Obi? Obi is going to be following up behind Julius Randle, which means that he's probably going to get the same amount of minutes as long as Julius Randle is on this team, and he needs to play more minutes. And it's probably not going to be at the five. Quentin Grimes, he's probably getting going to get enough minutes. I don't know. I would love to see him start just like you would, but we will not know for sure that that's going to happen. If he starts, he's going to get significant minutes over Evan Fournier. Cam Reddish, as the team is currently constructed, we don't anticipate him to get any minutes unless a trade happens. Do you see a trade happening? Do you see the Knicks possibly turning this Jalen Brunson acquisition into a signing trade? I hope not because I don't want to trade Fournier away just to clear up space. I mean, not space, just to clear up room for a rotation spot for Quentin Grimes. I feel like Fournier brought shooting to the Knicks that we desperately needed last year. I know Quentin Grimes is going to be able to replace that, but we we still going to need another shooter on the team. I don't know if Cam Reddish is going to be here because I keep hearing his name in trade rumors and they're probably going to move Cam Reddish in the next deal that we make. Just from what I'm from from what it's from what it seems like so far. But in this instance that we do trade away Fournier, I don't know if Cam Reddish is going to be able to replace the shooting that he did that he had last season which broke the Knicks record. But I don't know. I I if if there's a trade that's going to come, I feel like Cam Reddish is probably going to be in it because I feel like it's going to be a package trade. And they said that Jalen Brunson isn't going to be, like, the savior for the Knicks. He's not. They don't view him that way. We keep hearing Ian Begley reports that, that there's another trade in the works. They developed assets to go and use them for a trade. So... We're still waiting for that. It might not happen before the season starts. It might happen later on in the season. But I don't really see Cam Reddish being a Nick or being in the Knicks rotation, at least for the, for the short term. I don't see it. So the question I had for you is, what if we got back Frank Delacchina in the deal? That's... <laughs> I didn't hear you say that. No, I. that's the question I have for you. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> what if, and I, and, I'm, and I have the NBA trade machine loaded up 
to see if it'll work, but it's not. I, it, let me see. Yeah. I, I'm not going to lie. That would make me upset. That would make why? Me upset. Oh, why would why, you? Why trade for someone you could have kept a year ago? Well, like, we're not trading. We're not trading for Frank Nilakina. What it would be. The the only reason to do a sign and trade would be to for Dallas to not lose Jalen Brunson for nothing. So it wouldn't just be it wouldn't just be us getting Frank Nilakina back. We would probably be giving a second round or two to Dallas and they would get Evan Fournier and we would get Jalen Brunson because that would be more beneficial to the team. No, you don't like it. Okay. He's not going to play anyway. It's like you traded for a player that you didn't play and you're not, you don't have any plans to play. You're just trading him just to trade him. And I mean, you could have got them. Frank Frank, Frank Nolokino is, was obviously very loved by this Knicks team. As noted by when he played against the Knicks <laughs> in the season and everybody was all of the Knicks were all surrounding him and giving him hugs and stuff like that. He's obviously beloved. He obviously is an NBA player, maybe just a rotation player, but you know, he can fill in a role assuming Cam Reddish gets hurt. You know, if Evan Fournier goes out and trade, you know, uh, that would be the reason for it. Yeah, but that everything you just said applies to Kevin Knox too. Okay. <laughs> I was about to say some some foul about Kevin Knox, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> it's a Nick always a Nick Kevin Knox. Salute, my brother. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you don't think there's going to be any more trades to clear up room for Cam Reddish specifically, Quentin Grimes, and Obi Toppin? Well, I don't think. Well, since, right, this is a perfect opportunity to 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 speak on what I addressed in the very beginning of the podcast, where. Because Kevin Durant requested a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, you spoiled this it. has basically <laughs> frozen. Oh, I didn't see that here. My fault. I was gonna say, all right. This is the perfect opportunity, but I didn't see that there. My bad. <laughs> Since I already said it, I don't see I don't see nothing happening until Kevin Durant is relocated. And okay. once that happens, it's like, do you really have an, do you really even have an opportunity to discuss with enough teams what type of trades you can do? Cause you don't even understand what type of trademark is going to look like. I feel like a Kevin Durant type of trade is going to be a three team trade where there's a lot of pieces moving just to get him where he wants to go. And how can you negotiate with any team until you understand what that team even has? And every team in the NBA is looking to get Kevin Durant. So it's like, it's just nuts. But I ain't mean to spoil it. Since we already addressed it, let's just talk about it now. Well, before we get into outside of the Knicks, the other thing that I want to talk about, Knicks are reportedly interested in getting a contract extension with R.J. Barrett done before the season begins. And uh, I'm wondering if they will get it done. I'm wondering if they're going to wait for the regular season. I'm wondering if they're, 
much like the Mitchell Robinson conundrum last season, I'm wondering if both the Knicks and RJ Barrett are just too far apart to get anything done because yeah, I'm pretty sure RJ is probably looking for a max extension and I don't think the Knicks are looking to get him the max extension, but they will probably sign him for something closer to it. How do you feel about that? Well, I've been hearing from, well, I, I haven't been hearing. I've been seeing Ian Begley and all these other reporters say that there's been mutual interest to get a deal done. And uh, if we're going based on like Nick's history, I believe last year when Julius Randle signed the, his extension, it came after every move was done for the offseason, right? Yep. Do you remember that? Yeah, I, that's what I'm ex- pretty much expecting this offseason. Once we're pretty much done and we're ready to go into the season with the roster that we have, I think that's when they get the extension done. And if it if it goes into the season, that's going to cause me a little worry because, yeah, maybe RJ does want his max extension, but I don't think RJ really cares much about getting the max. I think he's willing to talk with the Knicks and they can negotiate and just get to a, a common ground. And I'm I'm really not concerned about it because I know RJ's here for it. He he knows what he's here for. He wants to be in New York. He he don't really care too much about that. He just wanna get this shit taken care of and return on a on a budget friendly team deal. That's what I assume. So according to Fred Katz. Jalen Brunson isn't the only guy who could get a big deal from the Knicks. When free agency begins, R.J. Barrett is eligible for an extension. His max is $185 million over four years. Which, you know, when I read that, I'm like, oh, only $185 million? $32 million starting salary? Uh, That's not bad. I have already stated somewhere on the interwebs. R.J. Barrett is not guaranteed to make more money than Jalen Brunson. Thinking about it, maybe, maybe, maybe he will. Maybe he will have a starting, maybe he will also have a descending contract, which if if he does have a descending contract, it would probably start off higher than Jalen Brunson's. I'm not sure yet. I'm also not sure about giving R.J. Barrett $32 million when he hasn't played consistently well enough for a $32 million contract or $32 million starting salary for a contract. I'm really interested to see what the Knicks do. I want R.J. Barrett to be a Nick for his entire career, much like I wanted Carmelo Anthony to finish his career as a Nick. That's how I feel about R.J. Barrett. But uh, I don't know. I'm going to step on 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 a little bit on what you're going to talk about, French, but elsewhere in the net, in the NBA, John Morant, Zion Williamson, Darius Garland all agreed on a five-year rookie max extension. Mm-hmm. They're all going to make more than that $185 million. I'm pretty sure. Maybe Darius Garland won't, but they all they all got the max 
And it was not even a question. Like, they all earned it. And if you don't remember, Zion went number one in RJ's draft class. John Morant number number two. And Darius Garland went four, right beneath RJ Barrett. And Darius Garland's extension was five years, $231 million. So, well, I'm seeing two different numbers. 193, that could be worth as much as 231. Which, if Darius Garland continues to improve his game, it, it could potentially end up being $231 million. $193 million is still higher than the number I stated for R.J. Barrett. So, already, if that's if that what Fred Katz has put out there, if that's the number that the Knicks end up agreeing to, that's already less than the two people who got drafted ahead of him and the one person that got drafted behind him. And I still think that may be too rich for their blood, considering what R.J. Barrett has done. Well, R.J. can't get that mainly because these all three of those players are all-stars. Yeah. So they were eligible for an, another type of rookie max extension. Correct. And yeah, so. But then what I'm saying is. Saying, even outside of the all-star, I was, I was saying he, all three of those guys also led their teams to respectability in a, in a fashion that R.J. still hasn't done. So I yes. think the R.J., his contract is definitely going to be different than theirs. Well, you know, as you as you indicated, just off of accomplishments and things that have been done, he cannot make as much as those three players. But even when you set that aside, without comparing them, is R.J. Barrett worth the rookie max? I'm not. I wouldn't be mad if they gave it to him, but I wouldn't be mad if they didn't give it to him. If you understand, like. I get it. Like he's been one of the more inefficient players since he's been in the league and he's been inefficient in a way that, you know, I'm not mad at it's him getting his game better, but he's not there yet. He's not our, he's the guy that we are saying, yo, that's the guy, that's the guy, that's the guy, but he hasn't made that play apparent on the court yet. We just we just know that it's going to happen, but it hasn't happened yet. Are we going to give him money saying, yeah, it's going to happen, and then it maybe never does? I don't know if this front office is com comfortable with doing that. So, all right. Now I'm going to see to you, sir. <laughs> so you announced those three contracts. The next contract that really took the air out the room anywhere. If if you were really paying attention, Nikola Jokic, league MVP, signs the largest contract in NBA history, the five-year extension from the Denver Nuggets worth $264 million. Yeah. He's going to be a billionaire before his, his career is over. Utah. Well, what's your reaction to that first before I move on to Utah? I mean, I, I already posted on Twitter. I was like, I don't think enough people are talking about that. $264 million. Quarter of a billion dollars in five years. It, like, 
word. <laughs> like Nikola Jokic is really, really good. One of the best players, if not the best player in the NBA. Only 27 years old. Only 27 years old. But it's still an argument. Do you think Nikola Jokic is the best player in the NBA? It's an argument. I think it's a it, you can make the argument with the best players right. in the NBA. Right. You can make the argument. But he's right now undisputedly the richest NBA player, you know, by the end by the end of this con well, by the end of this season, he'll be the richest NBA player in the league. And I'm not mad at it. It's well earned. It's well deserved. It's a lot of money. I, I, I broke it down. I was like, how much is that per year? How how much is that? Like, how much is $264 million a year? I think that's more than 50. Yes, it is. It is more than $50 million a season. And I was like, is it? That is too much money. That is too that's much. 60 million. Too much money. That's a lot of money. Sixty million. Yeah, I listen. The I last know. The year is sixty-one point four million dollars. The first That's year is forty-six. That is a lot of money. It's <laughs> nuts for one year. Sixty mil. Like I saw that. I instantly said to everybody, "Yo, put your kids in basketball. If you think your kid's gonna be more than six feet, put him in basketball." Like that. You, you, you just have to six feet. Look at Jalen Brunson. He is six feet. He is six feet. <laughs> no, he's listed at six feet. Kemba Walker, you think he's six? He's six one. He's five eleven. saw him in person. He ain't six one. <laughs> he's five eleven and two quarters. Let me see. Hold on. Kemba, he's probably listed at six <laughs> two. Kemba Walker height. Uh, six feet tall. He is not no six feet tall. I'm taller than Kemba. <laughs> if not the same height. But still, I, listen, that's crazy that that all I want to say is get your kids into basketball <laughs> because whew, if they if they I'm not saying that should be number one, obviously, you need to get school and all that stuff. But if there's any chance that they can make it in the NBA, that is a lot of money. Not even you don't even have to be Nikola Jokic. Like you, Mitchell Robinson was a second round draft pick, and he was a millionaire when he first started. When the top guy goes up, the bottom guy goes up. Just saying. All right, what's next, French? Next, Utah Jazz had the trade that broke everything because mm-hmm. it was just outrageous to everyone who heard it. Even if you're not a fan of basketball, it's like. Rudy Gobert got traded. What? The Utah Jazz traded Rudy Gobert to the Minnesota Timberwolves for Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Leandro Balmero, who I believe was their first round pick last year, right? I believe so, yes. Either first or second round, but he was a pick. Jared Vanderbilt, Walker Kessler, who was the 22nd pick of this last year's draft, and on top of that, four first-round picks, which I believe oh. were all unprotected, right? Or three were unprotected? I, at least three were unprotected. I don't remember the protections, but either way, 
That's a lot of picks on top of all of the players that you just sent. <laughs> is, these ain't scrubs neither. Patrick Beverly no. is one was one of the best defenders in the NBA this year. Malik like, Beasley, Malik Beasley is not a scrub. And Rudy Gobert is defensive player of the year con- content. He's in the conversation every year. Every I year. get it. But he's a seven foot center who's 30 years old who can't score on his own. That's fine, though. You know why? Why? Because he's going to be playing next to Carl Anthony Towns, who is six foot 11 and can do all the scoring, <laughs> is one of the most talented offensive big men in the league. So when you put, I understand what you're saying, but Minnesota did this for a reason. They said, oh, y'all giving up Rudy Gobert? We could pair one of the most gifted offensive players over six foot 10 with one of the most gifted defensive players over six foot 11 on the same starting lineup. It don't matter for how long. Carl Anthony Towns is twenty. Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns is twenty six years old. Rudy Gobert is thirty years old. Rudy Gobert is not like thirty five, thirty six, right? He doesn't have the injury history of an Anthony Davis. Like, yeah. Well, if you well, make a trade, God forbid. Let's right. just say he hasn't had that. He hasn't had to worry about that up until this point. Listen. When you make these trades, you don't you don't make these trades about what could happen. You make these trades about what you've seen so far. And yeah, Rudy Gobert is a one man defense by himself. Like he was Utah Jazz's entire defense. You put him if you if you just have one or two defenders because that Utah Jazz defense outside of Rudy Gobert was absolutely basura. If you put him next to just one or two other defenders in that starting lineup, they're going to do better than the Utah Jazz this year. And Carl Anthony Towns used to be considered a defender before he came to the league. If he could figure that out, great. And we're, we're I, I really, I really am looking forward to just see what the Minnesota Timberwolves do this year. I'm really looking forward to see how well they play with Rudy Gobert in that starting lineup. They did give up a lot of assets for him, but I think that I, I do think that I do think that considering the team that they have, I, I, I think it's worth it. Because Anthony Edwards is still improving. He he didn't get drafted that long ago. Like let's let's he's not in his prime. He could be a star player. He could be an all-star. And if he's an all-star and you put him next to Carlton Towns and Rudy Gobert, whoo! Man, that's a team. That's a team you gotta look out for. That's a team you gotta look out for. That's all I'm saying. I understand why they did it. You 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 got Rudy Gobert early on the hopes that Anthony Edwards continues to get better. And if he continues to get better, that is a team that could make it to the finals. 
No, you disagree? All right, cool. <laughs> so, I, I I personally just feel like that's way too many assets to give up for Rudy Gobert. The draft picks alone might have gotten the job done. The players alone, I felt like should have gotten the job done with maybe just an attachment of maybe a pick or so. But when you start adding three unprotected first-round picks for players who are ready to play now, like a Patrick Beverly, a rookie in this last draft, that's essentially giving away four unprotected first-round picks and one protected one. But that's just a lot to give up for a player who's who's possibly going to be seeing the decline in his career really soon. Now that he's hit the 30-point mark, we know NBA centers normally start to go downhill around that age. The only one that I see who still has, like, a, a huge impact on the defense is Dwight Howard. He's 36 years old. JaVale McGee, he's 34 years old. I'm not certain that I would see that that same presence from Rudy Gobert years down the line because he's already been getting cooked by guards in the NBA hit right now in his prime. And he's only going to get slower with time. And he, I don't see, like, fear. He doesn't strike fear into players around the league. Nobody around the league really talks like Rudy Gobert's like that defensively. They always attack him, trying to dunk on him. Yeah, the people in the media talk about Rudy Gobert. I understand he does have a huge impact defensively on the team. But that matters when you're going against these players around the league and they don't have no fear in you. and to, for, to give up this huge haul for Rudy Gobert, I just did feel like that 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 should have been what they were targeting. I felt like you could have easily gotten better defensively as a unit by trading half of this stuff. You're, I don't feel like just adding defense to Anthony Edwards and Carl Towns is going to make them even one of the top teams in the West. And if you're going to give up a package like that, that's what you better be getting in return because now you're, you're, you're handicapped. You're handicapped. You don't have no first-round picks to trade moving forward. You don't have no young talent after this year who's going to be developing. All you have is what you traded everything for and what you have had before that. Anthony Edwards is legit. I give you that. Carl Towns still has not shown up in the playoffs where you can show, say that he's going to be reliable to, 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 to count on for years to come. I'm not giving up all, this, all these assets for a player who's only going to be able to provide the service that he has been providing possibly for a few more seasons. That's just me. I, I'm pretty sure you can hear me now, right? Correct. All right, so what's your response? I, I, I hear you, but who are they going to give up those assets for? To come to, Min to come to Minnesota and... To John St. Murray. And, <laughs> That's it right there. Well, DeJounte Murray already got traded to the Hawks, so... I'm, what I'm saying is they've had, they were sitting on these assets when that trade was announced and they didn't go toward that route. They could have traded just these four first round picks 
and pro- probably D'Angelo Russell and got DeJounte Murray and would have been better than under the defensive uh, end. I, let me let me let me say that I agree with you. That would have probably been better for Minnesota's future to trade for DeJounte Murray and yet and come to the playoffs as a much better defensive team. It's not that much more negligible to me. Like, it's not that much different. Like, it's not... DeJounte Murray wasn't the San Antonio Spurs' entire defense the way that Rudy Gobert was the Utah Jazz's entire defense. So, while DeJounte Murray is a very, very very good defender. There's no, there's, there's nobody in the league who is a multiple time defensive player of the year candidate. The way that, that he is like it. Rudy Gobert is just really that good on defense. He's not good on the, on the, on the, the perimeter granted, but that gets exposed when you have, poor perimeter defenders on your team. And that's why Utah never went anywhere further than the second round. I always felt like Rudy Gobert wasn't the problem, although everybody made it seem like he was. But anyway, I feel like we're going a little bit too long on this whole Utah Jazz Rudy Gobert situation. Because yeah, I'm um, thinking of rebuttals of what you just said. <laughs> I know. And we could go on, on all day about this, but at the end of the day, like, I I understand why Minnesota did it. Did they need to do it? You, I think we can stand on common ground and say they didn't need to do it. But I understand why they did, and I do think that this trade makes them a better team today. Whether it handicapped their future, we will see. All right, what's next? Next, we spoke on it earlier. I kind of spoiled it for the podcast but it's okay we probably already knew going into this podcast and anyway, kevin durant did we already did we skip the boston celtics trade oh yes we did yes i did <laughs> the boston celtics traded malcolm brogdon traded for malcolm brogdon sorry and signed danilo gallinari what's your reaction to that boston celtics get better I didn't see anybody that went out in the trade for Malcolm Brogdon that the Boston Celtics absolutely 100% needed. And Danilo Gallinari was a rotation player when the Atlanta Hawks were in the playoffs. And he was a significant player and he got significant minutes. Once a Nick, always a Nick, Danilo Gallinari. Nick draftee Danilo Gallinari. Um, Boston Celtics is going to be a tough out next year, next season. I, I think that Malcolm Brogdon, he didn't play most of this season, which means that he's probably going to play a significant portion of next season. At the very least, they're going to wait for him to be good physically so that he can get playoff minutes so that they can go the distance. And they have a one-up on Golden State because Golden State are losing players that were vital to <laughs> Gary Payton, the second, 
vital to them making it to the finals. They're losing players, and Boston Celtics are gaining players. So they have to be considered a finals contender next season. Very good, very good offseason for the Boston Celtics. Yeah, if if these two players remain healthy, then yeah, I can see this being an easy route back to the NBA finals for the Boston Celtics because they didn't really give up anybody that was in the rotation for Malcolm Brogdon and they just signed Gallinari straight out. So I think these guys are going to definitely step up big in terms of like if there's an injury on the Boston Celtics roster that you probably are going to be concerned about. But now you remember that you have Malcolm Brogdon here, who's most likely going to be the sixth man. And you can depend on him to step up even more. Gallinari, like you said, was in the final, I mean, in the conference finals with the Hawks. He's been on the Hawks for basically the last few seasons, being a serviceable, serviceable a veteran in the on a playoff team. So he's definitely going to have an impact on the Celtics roster. The Celtics only really traded out Daniel Tice, Aaron e. Smith, and I can't remember the last player, but Daniel Tice is looking like he's not even a part of the rotation anymore. I like him, but he's not really he's not really even playing for Boston. So they traded away guys that aren't playing for guys who are going to bring something significant toward the roster that they didn't have before. So we did see a lot of boneheaded plays from Marcus Smart throughout the playoffs. I feel like with Malcolm Brogdon, you have a lot more stability coming from the point guard position in the crunch time minutes, and you can depend on him. You see Milwaukee missed him since he's been gone, but they had to replace him with a Drew Holiday, and then they won a championship right after. I think Malcolm Brogdon, if he's healthy, can have a big impact on the Celtics roster. The next trade, or the next news to come out, it seems like I couldn't wait to get it out. Kevin Durant, again, requested a trade from the the Brooklyn Nets. Remember, on the same day that he announced that he was going to the Nets was the same day that he announced that he was going to request a trade two years down the line. How long was it? Three years down the line? Doesn't even matter, bro. It doesn't matter. You know why it doesn't matter? Because Brooklyn, as usual, is trash. And they tried to do their best to be the best team in New York. Mm -hmm. They picked up some of the best players. They got three of the best players in the league Mm -hmm. and couldn't get anywhere further than the second round. And once again, this is a Nick town, right? Uh, They said, huh. New York's under cities under new management. Oh, Bing oh, bong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Guess what, player? Nah, you guys are trash. Kyrie's leaving. J- James Harden already requested a trade for Ben Simmons, who still has not suited up and played a single game for you. And now Kevin Durant is asking for a trade directly from the owner. You guys are out of here. Now, I do reserve the right to be like, hey, you guys could still be better next season because y'all could get up pretty fair return for Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving has already agreed to re-sign for at least a season but I wouldn't be surprised if the Knicks got more wins than y'all this year too let's like let's be honest let's be honest uh, like we would we were just in the playoffs we were just a top four seed last season the season before this one if you guys don't get your ish together we could be better than y'all this year, too. Like, who knows if Ben Simmons is going to suit up for y'all? Who knows if Ben Simmons is going to show up the way that he did in the playoffs? 
and not give you anything. Who knows what's going to happen? And just for that reason, with you guys having absolutely zero picks moving forward, because Houston got them all, woo! The future is looking bright for us because we got like 11 of them, Johns, over the next seven years. 11 first-rounders, I should say. Excuse me, 22 complete total picks over the next seven years. I'm just saying, I'm Brooklyn. Y'all was talking trash. A couple of a couple of my homeboys. I know y'all probably not listening because y'all don't want to hear this. But do you regret not coming to get Yeah. Yeah. All right. I I just had to get that off my chest. That's why I saved. That's why that one was saved for last. That that was saved for last. You want to talk about? You got anything else you want to say about Brooklyn? Or you want to move on? Hey. Hey. Yeah, I wanted to... to sorry, Ma. Hold on. Let me meet you, Ma, so that you don't hear me. Mommy, my <laughs> mother, our mother's the producer of this show. I want to curse really badly, but I'm pretty sure she's still in here listening. So actually, just because Brooklyn wanted our dream so bad, I'm so happy this happened to you. I ain't going to curse. I'm so <laughs> happy this happened to you. Y'all wanted to deride the dream? And now you get what you asked for. You traded all the picks away for James Harden, right? How'd that work out for you? Didn't work out too well, right? You got to trade that for Ben Simmons. He's the starting point guard next year, ain't he? Oh, man. You could trade Kyrie for Westbrook. No, you can't because Ben Simmons can't shoot. But I love Ben Simmons. I don't want to trash Ben Simmons, but you just joined the worst organization to be a part of. If you remember not too long ago, they was at the bottom of the league with no picks, and they headed right back to there. It's just destiny, you know what I'm saying? Some teams just deserve to be at the bottom because they want to bandwagon other teams' destiny, keep recycling the same philosophy, KG, Paul Pierce, all over again. They keep picking up former Knicks. Dallas is keeping, they keep picking up former Knicks. You've seen Luka in the Knicks jersey as a kid. We, hey, <laughs> he going to be the next Brunson. Better be careful. We traded you KP. I know he's seen that. He pissed now. He gone. He in Washington. Luke ain't got no help. We keep taking all the second options away. What he going to do? No kind of answer for that. You see KD <laughs> Kyrie going out of Brooklyn. Hey, ain't no answers. You're going to have to just come to the Mecca. Come and see what's going on. See what is bubbling here in the city. Going on in the garden. Going crazy. And we just going to leave it at that, man. KD's on his way up out of New York. He was never built to be here. Transplant coming to New York, looking for, looking for Whole Foods in the Bronx. Like, come on, bro, what you doing? You don't know what's going on over here. You you over here transplanting. You over here trying to look for property, looking for a new home. Coming here talking about the Nets is going to run New York. How's that working out now for you? You went to Hot 97. You thought you were going to have all the new millennial fans come to the games. It's been crickets in there for three years. So you had to beg Harden to get on social media to beg fans to come out to the games. All right, let's, let's, get, let's, let's just get off the nets because they bandwagoned the dream. They didn't know what to do with it. Now it's all crumbling apart. You should have just let us have the place that we wanted. Now look at you. And you brought up something that I I don't even think we've discussed. We still have Dallas's pick from first round pick for next year. I do believe 
I do believe, I do believe that it is not protected, which means that they are one Luka Doncic injury away, which I'm not hoping for a Luka Doncic injury. Don't, don't twist my words. But they are one Luka Doncic injury since their second best player is now a Nick from being a lottery team or at the very least a very good pick outside of the lottery on a very in a very good draft. Oh, oh, woo! This is 4D chess right here. Knicks is really, whoo! And nobody's giving us the praises. But you know what? If Dallas does not play well this season and they, they're, they're not in the playoffs, or if they get a first-round exit, they're a bottom seed, 6, 7, 8, we're going to hear the praises then because it's like, dang, you know what? Knicks actually... That that was a that was a fuck that was a swindle mm-hmm. taking one of the best players and th- knowing that they could not replace them because they're so far into the luxury tax they can't sign anybody. Four D chess. Four D chess. That. Well, you know what? <sighs> let let let's let's go on to the next news. What what what's the only, what's the last thing we got to talk about on the docket? Summer league began a couple of days ago, right? So far, Keegan Murray has shown out for the for the Kings, Sacramento Kings squad. He dropped 28 in his first game. I don't know if they won. They played Golden State. But he, he's basically the highlight of the Sacramento Kings so far. He he averaged 25 points in college. So we're going to see what he's doing this summer league. You, you watched that game? Nope. Because <laughs> I don't care about Keegan Murray. But I did see it on the Twitter afterward. And I was like, oh, okay. I, and then I was like, well, did anybody pick the head of him play? And I don't think any of them did. So, Mm-mm. it and it's Summer League. So, it was 26 points. Doesn't really, nah, but it doesn't really matter because it only really matters if Jaden Ivey comes out and he looks like he can't figure it out. Jaden Ivey plays in the first game of Summer League, first couple games. We'll give him a one game out. If in the first game, first two games, he's looking like trash. That's when it really matters because it means the Sacramento Kings actually made a smart choice. Ah, uh, this is still too early. I don't know. Summer League. I mean, I, I, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying it. I'm saying it is too early. But in Summer League, if you can't in your first couple games, you you looking like oh, you not ready for the the competition that's out there. That means that you're probably not ready for the competition in the NBA. So, but Jaden Ivey's going to play in a couple of days. So we'll see. We'll be able to compare. Paolo is going to play. We'll be able to compare. Jabari's going to play. We're going to be able to compare. And that 26 points is either going to be like, oh, he's really good, or he's going to be like, eh, it's nothing special. It's a summer league. So. I don't know. Cade was struggling in the last year's summer league, and we seen what he did in the NBA. I, I think you got to give a player a Cade was also couple months before you judge how he went into the draft. Cade was also struggling to begin the season too, though. Like yeah. that's not that like like, that's like what I'm it wasn't just summer league. It moved into the season, and it took a lot of games for him to figure it out. We still don't know what Cade is going to be in the league. So, if you're right, it's not important, but at the same time, it kind of is important because we knew what LeBron was his first season. That's the whole season. Oh, no. 
That's LeBron. Right. right. We knew what Carmelo was his first season. Right. We knew what Dwayne Wade was his first season. Did like, you know what Jimmy Butler was his first season? No, but Jimmy Butler was not picked as high as those guys. That is true. Right? You're right. So, and, I, and that's all I'm saying. When you get picked that high, the expectation is that you are going to play a certain way and you're going you're gonna to contribute that first season. Like, you, you may not play as good as you're going to play in your career, but you are going to play, you are going to show that you are at least an NBA starter quality player. And, you know, Cade did not show that the first quarter of the season, this, this past season. Keegan Murray might be showing that with his 26-point play in the summer league. We will keep watching and see. But if all the guys that got picked around him do the same thing, it's not really going to mean much. And then we're going to have to go to the regular season to kind of really just really adjust our viewpoints on these players. French, you got anything that you want to plug? Nothing else for me. Copy that. I had to spend some time that I would have otherwise used for sleep to finish watching Stranger Things last couple of episodes. And I'm looking forward to next season. Let me just say that. The next and final season, season five. Oh, it's another season coming? Correct. There is another season coming. I just finished season three today. Next week, I'm probably going to be done with season four. So yeah, season three was mid. Yeah. It Although I did a long time to get through it. I will say that I did today. I was looking at some people reviewing stranger things and a lot of people were like, Oh, I loved season one through three. I didn't like this last season. I am a person who loved season one thought seasons two and three kind of I don't remember which season but one of those seasons I felt was like mm, we didn't need this season what either season two or season three the other one was I thought clearly not as good as season one and uh, this season four I've, I've I still maintain that I think that it was the best season out of all of the seasons Maybe I'm gassing it. Maybe it's because I haven't seen Stranger Things in a couple of years now. And yeah. like it's like, oh, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I just feel like the stakes were higher in this season than they were in any season since season one. I, I stopped watching halfway through season three. Right when they got, well, I don't want to spoil nothing. I just How did you like season two? Like season five. Season two was good. My favorite season was season one. Right. It honestly should have ended after season one. Like how I felt when I stopped watching the show. I'm actually good with it continuing because it is still story stories to be like developed after this point. So I do understand why there's a season four. I don't know what's happening in season four, so I'm going to go into it next. But season I, two, I, I, I enjoyed more than season three for sure. Season four definitely is more about the overall story arc, more so than seasons two and three. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I really wish to see. That's what I was going into season if, two for. And, right. And if you, if you're like me 
and apparently French, if like you would be more invested in Stranger Things because of you want to know how did this all start? What is what you know? Wh- why? Why? Where did this come from? Right. Who? Who actually is the main villain? Right. Right. If you're if you're if you're more interested in those things, you're gonna love season four because season four gets into all of that. And that's all I'm gonna say without spoiling anything. Yeah. I've also been watching My Hero Academia, which is anime. Did you watch Katara Lives Alone yet? I did not. Watch it I today. Not. Watch it with the kids today. I probably I will not have a chance to enjoy it. I, I'm sure I will. Uh, I have a lot of, like, <laughs> there's a lot of anime and a lot of manga, like, that I've been like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. But it's nothing like the anime that you watch. It's something that you could watch with the kids. You could watch it with mommy. And yeah, I'm sure. Enjoy it. It's definitely I'm sure. I've, been, I've mostly just been watching. I've been trying to get Jaya and shout out to Jaya, my girl. I love you. I've been trying up, to Jaya? get her. I've been trying to get her into the wire desperately. We got through season one. We're like inching through season two. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard. But like I'm trying I, to tell I, her, there's a huge payoff. And it get it is it. You got to get I through never, the mud, but you never. I never it. made it. I never made it through season two. I have to. Wait, you you told me this before? Maybe. What? <laughs> nah, y- y'all both wild, and you got to get through season two too. I matter of fact, don't. Next thing you don't. watch, The Wire. Don't watch nothing <laughs> else, please. Please <laughs> get through season two, and then you're gonna be like, "All right, I see, I see why this show is." And then season three gonna get you into it. Season four, you're gonna be caught up. Mm-hmm. You you're gonna understand. Just. Make it easier for me to get giant, please. <laughs> it's a huge All right. Off. <laughs> yeah, I cut. I, I started watching season two. I kept falling asleep. I said, uh, "I'll I'll come Understand back to completely. it." And then I, just, and I, and I never, I never did. So, but I will. I I've heard enough praises for The Wire in its entirety to know that I do have to get through season two. But I just never did. There's an article here. I don't know how accurate it is. I'm not going to bring it up, but I will, we'll probably talk about it next, next episode because this is cut it out. It has to do with the name, the title of the article from sportstalkatl.com, which automatically sounds sketchy. The title of the article is adding salt to the wound. Nick's unknowingly facilitated Hawks trade for DeJounte Murray. I'm going to read that article at some point and see how accurate that is. Anyway. All right. You got nothing else you want to say, French? I got nothing else I want to say. Once again, y'all, we appreciate y'all. We love y'all. Make sure y'all send us some likes, some subscribes. Make sure you tell your friends about us. If you got any commentary, any suggestions for us, help us get better. Please send that to us. And if you're checking out the YouTube, you got to go. Go check it out. There's been some new updates going on in there. You guys got to stay in tune. The views got to get back up there. Super facts. Anyway, thank you for listening to the mixtape part. 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 The mix
Peace. That intro music was Broadway Boo by Gotti B, formerly known as Bugatti Blade. You can find us on Twitter at The Knicks Take. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Thank you for listening.